We're glad you're listening to Rama for Today. We'll say in your home, in your household, that you have a little child there, three, four years old, and you see that child about to put its hand on a hot skillet. And you jerk that hand away and, said, and sort of slap it and say, don't you do that, honey, that'll burn. You go on about your business, maybe go in the next room. And suddenly you hear a scream. You rush back in there and that kid stuck its hand to that hot iron, cast iron skillet. You pull the hand away and all the hide comes off. Well, I'm sure that that kid learned something, but that's not your way of teaching him. You're not that cruel. You didn't commit that. You permitted it. Why did you permit it? Because you couldn't do anything else. God made man a free moral agent. God can't do anything else. It's up to man to choose. Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his classic teaching, redeemed from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. You don't want to miss this powerful teaching. Also, later in this program, I'll tell you about this month's special offer. Right now, here's Brother Hagan with today's teaching. Now, in the King James translation, which I read from to you, would leave you to believe that God himself put sickness and afflictions upon his people. For the King James translation read, the Lord will smite thee. However, you need to know that the Old Testament wasn't written in English. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And many Hebrew scholars, one particular, Dr. Robert Young, who is author of Young's Greek and Hebrew Concordance, uh, tells us that uh, these verbs should have been in the permissive sense instead of the causative, but that we didn't have any permissive sense for our verbs. And so the, the translators went ahead and translated it in the causative sense. Dr. Young said actually that these verses should have been translated something like this, the Lord will allow you to be smitten. The Lord will allow these plagues to be brought upon you. Now then, you don't have to know a thing in the world about Hebrew or accept the word of a Hebrew scholar. All you got to do is be able to read for yourself in the English language and see what I'm saying so. Now let's look at some other scriptures because there are other scriptures where it's translated in the causative sense when it should have been in the permissive. For instance, open your Bible to Isaiah 45, 7. Isaiah chapter 45, 7. Now keep your mind open. Don't close your mind. Dear hearts, bless the Lord. Miss a lot of good things. Because, you know, they've got their minds already made up. Some people's minds like cement, thoroughly mixed and well set. Now notice, Isaiah 45, 7. God is speaking. He said, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all of these things. But I want to ask you the question, does God create evil? Someone said, well, the Bible said he did. No, not really. When you read the rest of the Bible, you can't believe that. I said, when you read the rest of the Bible, you can't believe that. Not if you're intelligent. No, God doesn't create evil. For if God created evil, then that would make God a devil. And he's not the devil. Now, God may permit evil. Are you listening? And certainly does. He may permit evil, but he does not create evil. Now, let's look at another verse that will help us in understanding. Uh, go to Amos, and this is King James translation, Amos, the third chapter, the sixth verse. 
Amos chapter 3, verse 6 declares, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in the city and the Lord's not done it? Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord's not done it? Well, if God commits evil, then he has no right whatsoever to judge man for doing evil because he's the author of evil himself. Well, that doesn't make sense. As we say, speaking in modern vernacular, that doesn't jibe with the rest of the Bible. But when we know all it's saying is that God permits it, then that makes sense. God has not done evil. He only permits evil. There's a vast difference between commission and permission. Amen. Now notice again in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter and the 14th verse, King James translation. You remember King Saul backslid? But the spirit of the Lord, 1 Samuel 16, 14, the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Well, does evil spirits come from the Lord? If they do, then we have no right to resist them. Amen? If evil spirits come from the Lord, then we, are, we have no right to resist them. We ought to invite them in. And so if an evil spirit comes by your house tomorrow and said, if I was you, I'd just go over there and give my neighbor a good cussing out, go ahead and do it because the Lord sent that spirit. <laughs> and if an evil spirit comes by you tomorrow and said, I'll tell you what I'd do if I was you, I'd just go away with that girl and spend the weekend and not let my wife know about it. Go ahead and do it. Because you see, that evil spirit came from the Lord. You don't want to resist the Lord, do you? See, that wouldn't make sense. No, that evil spirit didn't come from the Lord trouble. God only permitted that spirit. It came from the devil. What actually happened was that Saul's sin broke fellowship with the Lord, with God, and God permitted that evil spirit from the devil to trouble him. Are you listening to me? No, God didn't send it. So actually from the original Hebrew from these scriptures, we, we can readily see even by reading the English that it's in the permissive sense. No, God does not send plagues and sickness upon his people, as these scriptures would seem to indicate. God's word does not teach that these things come directly from God, but rather when God's people broke his commandments, they were out from under his divine protection. And then really, to tell you the truth about it, Satan had a right. He had a right to afflict him. He ha he's got permission already to do it. He don't have to get it. He's got it. And all God could do was to permit the devil to bring these afflictions upon them. Their sin and their wrongdoing were the things that brought these dreadful plagues upon them. Now, for instance, We'll say in your home, in your household, that you have a little child there, three, four years old, and you see that child about to put its hand on a hot skillet. And you jerk that hand away and, said, and sort of slap it and say, don't you do that, honey, that'll burn. You go on about your business, maybe go in the next room. And suddenly you hear a scream. You rush back in there and that kid stuck its hand to that hot iron, cast iron skillet. You pull the hand away and all the hide comes off. 
Well, I'm sure that that kid learned something, but that's not your way of teaching him. You're not that cruel. You didn't commit that. You permitted it. Why did you permit it? Because you couldn't do anything else. God made man a free moral agent. God can't do anything else. It's up to man to choose. And if he chooses to do wrong, then he'll just have to reap the penalty except he needs to realize that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but thank God he's laid on him the iniquity of us all. And the penalty fell on him instead of on us. Now then, let's get back then. Notice here that several diseases are listed in this 28th chapter of Deuteronomy as being included in the curse of the broken law. Those that are specifically named are number one, pestilence. Number two, consumption. That's tuberculosis. Number three, fever. This includes all types of fever, such as typhus, scarlet, typhoid, smallpox, and all other eruptive fevers. Then inflammation, extreme burning, the botch of Egypt. Many doctors, Dr. Lillian B. Yeoman said, believe that the botch of Egypt is leprosy. Then emeralds, scab, which includes all skin diseases, itch, then madness, that's insanity, and finally blindness. Then according, now these are, are, are specified. Then according to Deuteronomy 28 chapter, the 60th verse, we can add to this list all the diseases of Egypt, which I was afraid of. And then according to verse 61, makes it all inclusive. Also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this law, Therefore, we can conclude from these scriptures that sickness, all sickness, the 11 diseases specified, the diseases of Egypt that Israel was afraid of, and every sickness and every disease is not written in this book is a part of the curse of the broken law. Romans 3.23, as I pointed out to you, said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When Paul's talking about all, he's talking about both Jew and Gentile, everybody, all. Judgment should fall on us. The penalty should fall on us. Sickness and disease are a part of the curse of the law. And they should rightly come upon us. But praise God. Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us. Not going to. Hath, has redeemed us. From what? The curse of the law. Now, is sickness a blessing or a curse? We can't accept man's opinion on this. You'll get all kinds of opinion. Folks will say, well, it must be a blessing because you know my aunt was sick and in the hospital and suffered and finally died. Uncle John got saved and three of the kids got saved, so it proved to be a blessing. Well, let me ask you this. In the time of war, when bombs are falling and babies are dying, little children are being blown apart. I know of many people that turn to God then the war was a blessing, wasn't it? It's a blessing for those little children's bodies to be blown apart. People's heads be blown off. No, no. Thank God people turn to God sometimes in time like that. But the sickness wasn't a blessing. It is a blessing that they turn to God. But the war was not of God. Are you listening to me? And the sickness and disease is not of God. It's not a blessing, it's a curse. If it's a blessing, if sickness is a blessing, we shouldn't want to get rid of it. If sickness is a blessing, then we ought to invite sickness to come. When we hear that, uh, that the health department tells us that there's going to be a flu epidemic on, you know, we ought to say, well, I'm going to get ready for the blessing now. 
God send that blessing of flu over here to Oklahoma. But no, some of the same people that seem to think it's a blessing, they'll go to the doctor to get a shot to get, keep the blessing off of them. You're listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life. So visit us today at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I'd like to tell you about this month's very special offer. First in this offer is the mini book by Kenneth Hagan entitled The Past Tense of God's Word. Also, there is another mini book by Kenneth E. Hagan entitled A Better Covenant. And last but not least, the three CD set from Kenneth E. Hagan, Redeemed from Poverty, Sickness, and Spiritual Death. All this for $16.95. That's $7.95 off the retail price. Don't delay. Call today toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners. So write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Craig Hagen and Denise Hagen-Birds. Now, if you're ever... Here in Oklahoma, we have two campuses in Oklahoma. Um, one is in Oklahoma City at 8921 Northwest Expressway. And we do Sunday nights. In, in fact, um, our parents always say you can experience Sunday morning on Sunday night. Now, of course, right here at the main campus here in Broken Arrow, we have Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and then Sunday nights at 6 p.m. as well as Wednesday nights at, at 7 p.m. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagen on Redeemed from Poverty, Sickness, and Spiritual Death. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org for other life-changing resources. That's next time on Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.